now, baby, you're casting your spell on me. And I say, bum 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 now, baby, you're casting your spell on me. Hello and welcome to episode 240 of section 138. I'm your host, Mark Colley, as always, joined by Bryson. And we've got a special emergency podcast today. The Blue Jays trade Teoscar Hernandez to the Seattle Mariners. In exchange, they get back reliever Eric Swanson. They also get prospect Adam Mako. Bryson, we don't have Jacob here today, but I'm sure it's the same for Jacob. This news kind of surprised all of us, but also in a weird way it didn't. Yeah, you're, you're definitely right about that one. Of course, whenever like the timing of it all kind of comes together, it definitely is kind of shocking in the moment. Like I remember seeing the tweet from Jeff Passan and immediately like, you know, being shocked by it. But of course, after you think about it, this was something that I think that a lot of us kind of had forecasts. I remember at the end of our last episode, you asked me a question along the lines of, you know, who do you think out of the main, I guess, core or just main part of the lineup do, who do you see kind of being traded away or just, you know, not being on the team come spring training? And both of us, and we also excluded the catching uh, topper kind of subject from that. And then both of us agreed on it was going to be Teoscar Hernandez. And unfortunately, um, as much as that, uh, of course, was true, uh, it's definitely a bummer to see him go. I mean, one of the main parts of this team, one of the main guys in the clubhouse, definitely really likable and all of that. So definitely um, a bit of a bummer, but I think we expected it to happen, unfortunately. Yeah, you could kind of see it coming from miles away, just the way that things were shaping up with the Blue Jays. The fact that they had four guys in the outfield who could get regular playing time, that's including Ramel Tapia, and the fact that they need left-handed bats. Teoscar Hernandez was one of the higher-salaried guys on this roster, the, the pieces start to add up when you think about it in that regard. But still, in the moment, it's a surprise. And I, I think one of the shocking parts is this kind of the, the biggest move of the offseason so far. And it will, I guess we'll see if it gets things going and gets the ball rolling for the Blue Jays and other teams. But we hadn't really seen any teams make moves yet. We saw a couple small extensions, and especially relievers were signing early, but we didn't really see any trades, especially of this magnitude. So um, I guess I want to ask you, just breaking down the individual players in this deal, do you think it's enough for the Blue Jays to get? I mean, we mentioned Eric Swanson. He's kind of this top-tier reliever. He had a 1.68 ERA last season, 1.84 FIP. Um, His fastball is in the 94-95 range. He has a wipeout splitter that everyone talks about, and most of his stack cast metrics are in the 90th percentile or higher. So he's got really good numbers, lots of people excited for him. And then the prospect, Adam Mako, he's had a lot of good things said about him. A lot of people are positive about him. He is only ranked eighth in the Mariners system when you look at it, uh, according to uh, MLB Pipeline, but he's another piece to this deal. So I guess your initial reactions as to whether this is a big enough haul for the Blue Jays, if they got swindled a little bit, if the Mariners got swindled a little bit, who do you think makes out better in this trade? And do you think the Blue Jays didn't get enough? Because a lot of people are complaining about that. Well, I definitely don't think it's a swindle for the Mariners. I mean, we know the type of player Teos Hernandez is and what they're getting. And obviously that was kind of a need for them this offseason in terms of getting an outfield. And they did exactly that um, in terms of that. I think from the Blue Jays' perspective, as much as it may look a little bit underwhelming right now, and I think that's where I kind of sign on it, but I don't think it's a complete you know, failure of a trade or anything like that. I just think 
this is maybe a question that we can also revisit at the end of the offseason because the fact of the matter is, is now there are tons of openings in the outfield. I mean, you mentioned Rymel Tapia. That was a guy, of course, alongside Bradley Zimmer, who were also DFA'd uh, as of yesterday on Tuesday. So that's now three open spots in the outfield, and it's almost a, a certainty as much as we were, we've been talking about how the Jays need swing and miss arms, they need lefty at-bats. Now you can add the need of getting an, a, an outfield or two um, for the rest of the offseason. And that's pretty much all of a sudden now there are on a, a couple open outfield spots in this outfield. So that's kind of become an area of need now. So, you know, I don't think they make this move without knowing that other stuff are lined up because of, again, uh, from what they got. Of course, Eric Swanson's a, a tremendous reliever. You're going over his metrics and everything like that. He had a, ter- a terrific season last year. I think it was almost 57 games for the Mariners. In ERA, I think it was around 168. I mean, that's terrific stuff. We You talked about the percentiles. He's got three really good uh, pitches in terms of his fastball changeup and slider. And it also crosses off the, uh, the boxes of the need of swing and miss arms. This was something that obviously... We've talked about a lot since the season ended in terms of what we learned uh, throughout the playoffs. And this was, of course, something that was transparent throughout the summer as well, is that these were key things and key pieces that the Jays were missing out on. And they really, it really showed that, of course, in those two games in the postseason, because the Mariners still, even after this trade, have a terrific uh, bullpen after Swanson's departed. So the swing and miss stuff is what is clearly what's driving bullpens in baseball right now. The Jays get that. And at the other hand, of course, they let go one of their uh, top hitters in the lineup, and we know this. Um, obviously, the contract with Teoscar Hernandez is something that was probably put into account because of the fact that he's got one more year left before he hits free agency. Doesn't seem like, I, based on all the conversations we had, it doesn't felt like a lot of us were really expecting the Jays to possibly re-sign him on that. And of course, there's a lot of uncertainty with that as well. So that's kind of why... In this situation, Teos Hernandez was the expendable one, and that's something that we've touched on so many times, and if you want to compare him to a guy like Lourdes Gurriel Jr., Marky said it last time we recorded, is that a guy like Lourdes Gurriel Jr. still has a really good contract for that. So that's kind of the reason for losing Teos Hernandez. Once again, it's a bummer, and he was a key piece in this clubhouse, and it's definitely going to, you know, it's definitely a bummer that he's no longer with this team, but at the same time, I understand the move, even though I'm a little bit underwhelmed by it. But however, I'm still under the notion, and I think a lot of us are, that this is one out of many more moves that they have to make this offseason. Now, especially with Hernandez gone, this is something that they almost certainly have to address now with this bulk, or with the outfield spot, possibly getting more arms. Of course, they still need a couple starters, and there's still the whole you know uh, conversation about the catching on this team. Yeah, that's something that's obviously going to come up again this offseason. But I think underwhelming is the right word because, you know, we saw the names of Chris Flexen being bounced around and a lot of people weren't going to be happy if Chris Flexen became a Blue Jay because they thought he wasn't enough. And then you see the tweet from Scott Mitchell saying it's going to be relief help. And then you see the news from, I think it was a Seattle Times reporter who ended up breaking the final package. And you see two names that at least, I don't know about you, I wasn't familiar with Eric Swanson. And of course, I didn't know the name Adam Nacko. So I was kind of confused and you think about Teoscar Hernandez this guy who's won silver sluggers he's been an all-star and then you see the package and it's one reliever and one prospect and not like a top three prospect in their system the eighth best prospect in their system so it is kind of confusion at first but then you think through it and you think through the ramifications and you learn a little bit more about who these guys are especially Eric Swanson and you can get a little bit more confident about it and like it a little bit more and I think 
Could the Blue Jays have gotten more? Yeah, especially hearing from Ross Adkins that this was a robust market, apparently, for Teoscar Hernandez. He said there was a couple teams checking in with the Blue Jays, seeing what it would take for him to be traded. So I think knowing that, I am a little bit disappointed about the return, but I think our final verdict on this trade will ultimately depend on what happens in the next few months. Because as you mentioned, you talk about, you know, you're clearing $18 million of space on the roster and you are clearing space in the outfield for another guy to be added. And I think that's a key component of this that we don't totally know the answer to yet. I'm just saying too, with Chris Flexen being around and of course like Elon Musk taking over Twitter, (laughs) I just feel like if Chris Flexen was part of this return, Twitter probably would have went down uh, in terms of (laughs) Jays fans being in disbelief. And that's pretty much been the overall, I guess, like reception of this trademark. I'm sure you saw it as well on your Instagram is that just there's not a lot of people that support this. A majority are disappointed for all the factors that we mentioned about how important he was to this team and even the return. So again, you have to imagine there's more lined up. We know that there's lefty at bat talks. We know that there's just outfield positions now as well. And the other question that, or I guess the other thing that became clear, and this was again, once uh, something that we talked about right at the end of the season was that now there's a corner outfield spot open. Perhaps that, George Springer transition to the corner outfield, maybe not fully, but maybe in terms of, I don't know, 50-50 or at least a little bit of the portion in 2023 also becomes more of a reality now. And I think that was something that was obviously inevitable on that. So I just think that's where pretty much, you know, as much as right now, again, you can look at it and not be thrilled with it. There is still lots of time left in this offseason for the Jays to truly show, I guess, what their plan is, because there's no way in my mind that they make this move without knowing you know, other needs or other stuff that they're going to address right away. So it'll be interesting to see um, how they, again, how they respond to that throughout the next couple of months. So the Blue Jays must have known this was coming when they DFA'd Tapia, eh? Yeah, I think so. Like, I think, yeah. I know, you know, even Zimmer as well, but there's the whole arbitration talk with Tapia about how he was projected to make, I think it was about $5 million, and that obviously yeah. wasn't appealing uh, as well. And you said it, they make up uh, room on the contract as well to address other needs probably yeah I think that's a bigger picture were you you said you weren't surprised when Tapia was DFA'd right yeah I wasn't totally surprised by it I I I saw or I thought about the possibility a little bit but um I would say I wasn't too shocked by that no because I was shocked I didn't expect that to happen because I mean is he the best fourth outfielder in baseball no does he add value to the Blue Jays I think he does. So when it happened, I didn't really totally make sense of it. And I think he's a solid fourth outfielder. Not who the Blue Jays want, sure. Like, high strikeout guy, swings a lot, high whiff rate. But ultimately, I thought he was good value. So I was a little confused in the moment last night when that news broke. But I think, again, the bigger picture, which we're starting to see unfold, makes more sense today when you look at the fact that they are also moving to Oscar Hernandez and it seems like one of their goals is clearly to free up space in the budget to make a bigger move. And now, you know, looking at the calculations, they add Swanson, so that's $1.4 million, but they subtract Hernandez, who's $14.1 million, or projected to make $14.1 million this year with arbitration. And they subtract uh, Raymel Tapia, who's $5.2 million, projected to make $5.2 million next year. So the final line is the Blue Jays clear up $17.9 million dollars on their roster and of course that can go towards one of the guys that they might be pursuing this year and 
We can't really talk about this Teoscar Hernandez trade without talking about the rumor that came right after from John Morosi that the Blue Jays are interested and have shown interest and have kind of kicked the tires on potentially signing Brandon Nimmo. He's a free agent coming off a phenomenal season with the New York Mets. He's a lefty. He plays center. Um, and he, I think he posted 5.1 baseball reference war in 2022. Phenomenal season from him. And he would obviously add a lot to this lineup. Um, I guess the first part of this would be George Springer moving to right field to replace Teoscar Hernandez. And this is something that's been in the conversation for a while. Um, are you surprised that we might actually see this, that it seems like the ball is rolling on this for the Blue Jays? Definitely not. I mean, once again, it just, we know the health problems with Springer and we know that even, I guess it kind of began this year, of course, with Bradley Zimmer, uh, when, you know, he would take over late in games and he'd come in at center, Springer would move to, uh, to right field. It's something that we kind of got an introductory to, uh, throughout this part of the season. And we were all, I guess, in agreement with that at the end of the year. And I think a lot of people were also talking about that. And I think the, uh, the other important part about this is that Springer is open to it. And that's pretty much what Ross Atkins said today on his conference call after the trade went down or became official is that this is something that Springer is in support of if they decide to do it. It might not be a full-time thing. It might be kind of a 50-50 kind of idea. But, you know, the rumor to come after it about Brandon Nemo definitely, or sorry, Brandon Nemo, definitely not surprising at all. I mean, he's a solid player. You were talking about it. This is a guy, and I think the goal as well, and I think this was something else that Atkins said, was to add more versatility to the offense. So perhaps, you know, he's listening to what you said last week, Mark, with trying to find different ways to, I guess, upgrade your lineup or kind of just make your lineup look different rather than having the same, you know, approach from all nine hitters and there's a lot of I would say you know lefty at bats that are out there in terms of free agency I think Scott Mitchell put out a whole list today about people who potentially can kind of be traded or non-tendered and of course there's free agents um, out there as well and there was a whole list that are players available so Brandon Nomo is one out of many that the Jays are looking at and of course there might be another guy that kind of comes out of nowhere that the Jays maybe trade for but this is something that they are clearly committed to and once again in connection to the Tapia and Zimmer DFA of course I guess there's a slim chance a guy like Zimmer comes back on a you know a cheap contract or whatever it is but when you look at it now when you look at these three open spots it's clear that they're revamping the look of the outfield and of course around that or Springer is involved in that around that moving over to the corner outfield uh, potentially at, at some point probably by the end of his tenure here of course he will be a full-time corner outfielder but the fact that they are slowly going to transition it now or maybe not maybe it's a full-time thing but I still don't know or I'm not convinced it will be in 2023 but the fact is they're revamping guys now and it's going to be a, a definitely a new looking outfield next year that's obviously come as as certain now after the moves they've made so that's kind of where things I guess stand with that but in terms of Springer moving over I don't think it should surprise anybody whatsoever yeah, and a part of this is also what Ross Atkins said in his availability today when he mentioned the fact that moving to Oscar Hernandez and creating a spot in the outfield for a free agent to come in also makes the case easier for a free agent to sign here. Like when you are trying to convince someone to come here, it's very easy now to say we have an empty spot in the outfield, this is where you go. It's very easy to see where they fit into the puzzle, whereas before you're looking at the outfield and you got three potential all-stars in the outfield in Lourdes Goriel Jr., Teoscar Hernandez, and of course Springer. And as a free agent, you're looking at that and saying, where am I going to get playing time? And yeah, you might promise like, oh, we're going to trade one of these guys. We're going to make room for you. But like, 
I don't know. As a free agent, that's a tough case to make. And Ross Adkins said that. So um, that's another part of this that, um, you know, potentially plays a role in this trade. Um, would you be happy with Brandon Nimmo? Like, I feel, I feel like that's a rhetorical question. Like, yes, he, he posted 5.1 war last season. He's great. He's a left-handed bat. He also led the National League in triples. So he's got speed. And the Blue Jays don't really have that in their lineup, especially if you're getting rid of Bradley Zimmer and Raymo Tapia. So I would be over the moon if they got Brandon Nimmo. Absolutely, it would. And this is not a thing where you look at potential names and be like, yeah, you know, you'd be excited for the fit or anything like that. It's more of now they need to do this. This isn't just something that it looks flashy and you you like. This is something they have to address now because you have three open spots. We know that this team is clearly changing some stuff, of course, after what we saw at the end of last season. And now it's become a need for them to do this. So if it's Brandon Nemo, if it's somebody else, there's lots of names available. But I think this is definitely something that is turning into a primary focus alongside getting pitching and finding the right deal when it comes to moving one year cash. So it's lining up, and obviously today was a really good start of it, but it is lining up once again for the next couple of months for Ross Atkins to be one busy time because he's got lots of work to do uh, if this team needs to, you know, get over that hump next season and really, you know, again, over-exceed or just succeed better than what they did this year because obviously how this year ended was something that not not nobody was happy with. And you saw the clear holes in this team in those two playoff games against the Mariners where the Jays flat out probably got exposed in certain areas. That's something that we've been talking about all year, and it finally came back to bite them uh, when it truly mattered most. So you're revamping the outfield. You're trying to get more versatile in terms of your offense. Brandon Nimmo obviously is a lefty. I mean, that crosses all the boxes right there because that's something that the Jays have been looking for for quite some time. And I think I think any of us would be really interested or really happy with the move on that. And potentially, you know, I think we need to get to a state as well with this offseason is when this offseason does end and spring training does begin, we need to look back at this Hernan- or this Teoscar trade and feel better about it because we, we know how we feel right now, but... The Jays need an offseason where you can look back on this back in February or March, and this trade does not look as underwhelming, and that's, I guess, a good word to use, underwhelming as it does right now. So that's why I'm intrigued, and that's why I'm really anxious to see how they're really going to you know, flat-out do this throughout the next couple of months. Yeah, our reaction is, okay, what's next? And if nothing next comes, then the Blue Jays are in a bad position. Uh, but this is, you know, large picture what we asked for, a couple of weeks ago or last week when we spoke about the preview of the offseason, like I think we both said like a big move is needed because you look at the way the roster is structured and the money that the Blue Jays had to play with and there wasn't much room to maneuver. And so they needed to move one of these guys to really A, diversify the lineup and B, solve some of the other problems when it comes to the bullpen and the starting rotation. So they needed a big move to shake things up and get substantially better. And that's what we're starting to see with this. So big picture, I'm really concerned if this is in isolation, we got more to talk about. Um, The last thing I want to bring up with you, I don't know how valid this is or if we should really be concerned about this, but I'm interested in seeing what impact this could have on the Blue Jays clubhouse and things behind the scene. I don't know if we'll ever get an answer to this, but we know Teoscar Hernandez was kind of integral in his friendship with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. especially, but also other guys on this team. And he was one of the older guys, not saying he's old, but older than Vladdy, older than Bo, 
um, and a little bit more major league experience, especially coming from over from the Astros and then playing a little bit before Vladi and Bo made it to the majors. So I'm curious if this hurts the chemistry in the clubhouse at all. And we saw his statement on social media, what he wrote, um, talking about the trade, you know, thank you to Toronto. You always have a place in my heart. Like it was clear he really loved this city and I think the city and the players loved him back. So I'm interested to see if that makes any impact next year. I don't know if we'll ever be able to tell, but I'm just curious. And I think that's another aspect of this deal that might go a little bit unnoticed, but maybe behind the scenes actually has an impact. Yeah, it's it's a tricky question because I think throughout history with all the sports, I think it kind of impacts people in their own way. And it's not always the exact same thing, but at the same time, I do feel like there might be an impact um, a little bit. I mean, and this might be something that happens in terms of the first week of camp because I think that's really when it's going to sink in is when they all report and he's not there. And that's where it's probably going to hurt. But I think over time, it's something that they can slowly get over. And also understand at the same time, of course, everyone talks about it in terms of how this sport's a business and moves like these are something that happens all across the game. But it's definitely quite clear that it won't be the same in, in terms of in the clubhouse. I mean, you talk about every time there's a home run and Teos Granitas is throwing seeds at people everywhere. So that's one thing I'm definitely going to miss. And there was also, I think, near closer to the second half of the season when the kind of when the Jays kind of started doing that whole pirate thing in terms of uh, their pirate song or pirate celebration. And I think at the end of every game, and we actually found out about this is when they celebrated after clinching the postseason when Teos Granitas was kind of in the middle of the clubhouse with that big like three by five flag where that was something he did after every single win again in the second half of the season when they started doing the pirate thing. So, you know, little things like that, or I shouldn't say little things, but things like that, you know, know, that's not going to be the same in terms of hitting a home run where you're not going to get full of, you know, a shower of sunflower seeds or not see him, you know, wave the blue chase flag after every win, little things like that. I mean, it's, you can't, that can't be unnoticed. So the hope is, is, this is something they can get over quickly, but I do think it will sink in um, when training camp or pitchers and catchers report does start and everyone shows up uh, when mandatory workouts begin and he's not there. So it's, it's something that a good team hopefully can get over. And I think I'm, I fully um, you know have confidence that they will uh, in terms of getting over things like that. I know, you know, Marcus Simeon was a really big part of the team in 2021. I know different circumstances, but they managed to get over him, of course, and he was a really good presence in the clubhouse in his in his own way. So this shouldn't be the first time we're seeing something like this happen. But at the same time, when you look at Hernandez's tenure, I mean, this was a guy that was here through the start of the rebuild and through the end of the rebuild where the Jays became playoff contenders. So he was here with for a while. And like you said, very close to guys like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. That's the one thing that definitely stings on that because of the fact that Again, he came over here when he did, and he was part of this whole process. And, you know, he developed truly as a player because when his tenure started here, there were some really dark moments in terms of moments in the outfield or, you know, getting demoted to AAA for a few weeks throughout the parts of the year and really taking that next uh, stride when he really did closer to 2020 and 2021 especially. And, of course, this year was just plagued with injuries. And when he did play, you know, he did have moments where he he looked like the Teos Hernandez of 2021. So that's definitely the impact that they're leaving there. And you hope that this is something that it shouldn't have a long-term effect on it. But I do think it's too hard to unnotice the fact that he won't be there, obviously. And it won't probably be the same at the beginning of the season. Yeah. If there's a long-term effect, then 
there's something else at play that we don't know because there shouldn't be. Like, these things happen in baseball, and I think, like, maybe it'll take a couple weeks for Vladdy to get over it or, you know, a couple weeks into spring training where these players are still kind of getting to know the atmosphere, and I think the atmosphere will change, but ultimately I think these things happen, and it's not like this is like the Josh Hader trade or anything when the Brewers sent him to San Diego and the entire team was pissed off at the front office for how they handled that and they're in the middle of the playoff hunt and they trade an all-star closer. Like, it's not that. Like, I, I think you can see how the pieces fit together. I think the players all understand how the pieces fit together and maybe they're upset about it in the moment, but ultimately that's baseball and I think the Marcus Simeon comparison is good. Obviously, he wasn't here for as long and I don't think had as close a relationship to these guys, but uh, and another aspect of this is that anyone you take away, there's going to be additions, right? So we don't know, like Matt Chapman, when the Blue Jays added him, he ultimately became a really big part of this team in the clubhouse environment, and people talk about him being a leader, and I think with someone like Teoscar Hernandez, moving him out of the clubhouse doesn't mean you're not going to replace him with someone like, I don't know what Brandon Nimmo's clubhouse influence is like if the Blue Jays signed him, but maybe he's the type of guy that could add that type of leadership or add that type of camaraderie with some of these guys. So, yeah, ultimately, I don't think we'll ever know the answer to it, but if what we make of this situation is right, it shouldn't really matter. Um, okay, that's all the thoughts I had on this trade. Do you have anything else? Well, we ended last episode with you asking me a question, so I'll ask you a question now. By the time we record next, <laughs> two options. Will the Jays have traded a catcher, or will Jacob be back on the podcast? Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to take <laughs> Jacob. As as much as a wild card He's as a busy he guy. may be, I think he will be back. Um, and if we're not recording when there's breaking news, at least we'll have more time to match our schedules up. Because, I mean, this was a little bit frantic making it work. But yeah. he should be back next episode. And I don't know. I, that's one of the things I'm interested in seeing with the free agency and with the offseason season. We talked about this last week, but what the tempo is. Like, is this a sign that the Blue Jays and all Major League teams are going to be making moves early and being aggressive, or are we going to see more of a slow burn? And I think what develops over the next few weeks will tell us what the pace of this offseason is going to be. So I guess that's my final thought. Um, Okay. Well, thank you to everyone who listened to this episode. As always... You can support us by going to Patreon. That's patreon.com slash section138pod. You can check us out on social media at section138pod, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. You can rate and review the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Just help spread the word about what we're doing. Um, okay, we'll be back within a week probably, hopefully with some new news. Until then, catch you next time.